hello, hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. And we do this every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Pacific, and 8 p.m. in between. <laughs> anyway, glad you could make it. Thanks for joining me here. Let me switch to live chat before I forget. Um, so tonight's going to be the same as, as the other nights. I'm going to give you an update on how things have been going here at dancefish.com. And then I will open it up for questions and uh, comments and discussion. So we'll have quite a while for that because I don't have a whole lot to tell. And I've got some cool things, but not a ton to tell. So I don't think my rant at the beginning will take too long. So if you have questions or comments, if you would leave them at Dan's Fish, so it highlights for me, then I will uh, get to them as I can. So, Moonstone, Dan, where are you? I'm right here. Right here. Can you see me and hear me okay? I think, yeah, I think everyone's saying, yep, seems like everything's good. Okay, I was just wondering if that question, where are you, was uh, like, because you couldn't see me, something was wrong, or if you're wondering where I am, I'm, I'm in Sheridan, Wyoming, the great state of Wyoming, one of about half a million people that live here. So, <laughs> um, okay, let me tell you what's going on. So the first thing is we're doing a giveaway tonight. Um, I'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, give people a chance to pile in, I guess, before I, I launch that. The next thing is I ordered a whole bunch of really cool species um, last week. And then I got news um, the day after I ordered them that most countries that I had ordered from were closed down, but a couple remained open and I did get a few things. Nothing, not very many. I got three things. So let me show them to you. The first is I was able to get another batch of Pseudomugil Ivanstafi in from the same supplier as I got them in from before. That was a great batch. These are doing wonderful. So I think we're going to have a nice batch of these blue eyes that you hardly ever can find um, in, a, in a couple weeks. Um, this is a pretty accurate picture right here. I'd say that's, uh, that's the right body color. They're, they're kind of transparent almost with, uh, with the yellow and the red. So I'd say that they look more like that than this. This body color uh, to me seems a little, a little strange, but so that's one of the species. Then I finally got rosy bitterlings and they look incredible. They look absolutely incredible. Something like that, but better. Um, they're a rainbow of iridescence. They ate the same day I got them in. They're already up begging for food all the time. Just like, it's like they weren't even shipped. They just arrived and we're like, all right, let's go. So awesome batch of those. Um, and this is a fish that I've been trying to do for a long time. I probably haven't talked about it much, but I think this is my fourth try. Hey, Wyoming Adventures. Thanks so much for the $2 super chat. I appreciate you. Thanks for all care you put into the fish. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, Ken's Fish, $4.99. Oh, it's starting to rain. Yes. Yes. Is that quoting from Rent? Just curious. The musical Rent? <laughs> Reminds me of a song from there. Um, but anyway, a couple years ago, I tried to get in some rosy bitterlings. They came in in horrible shape. They were half melted down before I got them. 
Um, a few months ago, I tried again, same thing. Then probably four months ago, I tried again, same thing. So I was like, okay, I'm done with these. Well, a new supplier came on board. I ordered from them and they arrived in great shape. So finally, I found a good source of these rosy bitterlings. So I'm excited about that. They're gorgeous. The pictures are not going to do them justice just because so much of their color is iridescent. So this gives you like an idea, but they're, they're prettier than that. They're really awesome little fish. Then got some long fin panda corridors in. I, I watched uh, Swiskey's video um, and he kind of inspired me, I guess, to get some of them in because he got some in. He was geeking out on them. So I got them in and they're doing pretty well. The other thing I have now ready to go are these, the Romino's um, Rasbora, Sabwa Resplendens. Um, and I, I was just taking a little longer to list them for sale because they, um, they were a little skinny and they hadn't colored up. They're still not colored up, but now they're nice and fat. Like they're eating, they're plumping up, there's gorging on flake food and algae pellets and everything. And so now I'm like, okay, these are now hardy. I, I think they were hardy before, but I just wanted to fatten them up a bit. There was no illness. I don't think I lost any of them, or if I did, it was maybe one or two at the very beginning. So um, I will be listing those later tonight or tomorrow. I've, the last couple days, I've been observing them closely as I fed them and been like, okay, yeah, it looks like they're ready. So that's what's going to be coming up pretty soon. And then I have a whole bunch of fish, about 20, uh, 20 some odd species that I will list next week. They're, they're through their first week of quarantine and most of them are doing very well too. So yes, we are uh, moving along. I my folks from Nigeria contacted me today to say, uh, sorry, we'd love to send you fish, but still things are shut down. They couldn't give me a time when they could ship again. Um, so it's like that still in most of the world, but I was able to get several species last week and I'm hoping, uh, it looks like there's a supplier that I really like out of Indonesia that hopefully will be able to ship, um, for next week. So I'm working on it and still been able to get stuff in and drips and drabs, but not a ton of stuff yet. Ken's fish throwing down 99 cents. Ken's fish throwing down 99 cents. Ken's fish throwing down 99 cents. Now it makes sense about it starting to rain. Ken's fish throwing down another 99 cents. Ken's fish, thanks so much for the rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Low pressure front has moved in at the Fishmonger live stream. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks so much. So those are the cool species that I got in. Um, and I, I was not able to get in the Pseudomugil mellus. I've tried um, ever since they appeared on the list. I've tried every week. They're off the list now, but I tried again anyway. I still put in a request for them. So we'll see. We'll see if I can get lucky on that or not. Um, I did have one problem in the fish room, just a cautionary tale uh, that no matter what you do, there, there can sometimes be issues, which is I added some new fish <clears throat> to an aquarium that had, it was pretty much empty, um, but it had the highway catfish, uh, the last, I think like six Pandagara I had, um, a few albino 
Corydoras that I've had for years that I've raised, uh, bred and raised and just kept for a long time. And I think that's it in that tank. And it was, it was pretty much empty. And so I had a group of longfin paleotis come in last week, last Wednesday that looked great. And I was like, well, rather than put them in kind of a, a more stressful situation, which is the bare quarantine tank that I usually put new fish in, I was like, this is a nice sand bottom tank. There's, it's pretty much empty. Um, I'll put them in here and just medicate them with medicated foods and things like that instead of the normal way. Well, that was a mistake. Uh, just a reminder of why we don't <laughs> mix new fish with old fish, even though I've been doing this for years and years and years. Um, I was like, ah, it'll be fine, right? I'll just use medicated foods. And I did that. And then the next day I came back, most of the longfin paleotis had passed away. There were a couple still struggling, um, but they had these massive red lesions on them. And about three or four of the albino quarries came down with it too. Um, and one or two of the pandagara. So everyone else in there seems to be like toughing it out. But it was just a reminder that fish come in and they can look good, but you never know what they're going to be carrying. So quarantine, quarantine, quarantine. And I do quarantine like always. And, and that kind of, that was a quarantine. It was just, I was quarantining them in a tank with a few leftover fish still in it, which uh, I wish I would have just caught them out and moved them because that created a couple problems. I, um, yeah. So just a cautionary tale to remember, <laughs> no matter how long you've been doing this, you can't get away with certain things. Um, Kayla's Aquatics leaving $9.99. <laughs> And Pippi Longstocking, cheering us on. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that sticker, but it's still fun after all these times. Um, Kaiser Aquatics, thanks so much. And thank you for being an amazing moderator. The rest of my mods here tonight, thanks for being here. I appreciate you all. Lumpy Dog, Skipper's Aquariums. 54 Punchy, a.k.a. Punchy Paints, a.k.a. Not Candy, <laughs> and Candy. Thanks for being here, folks. I really appreciate you. So that's uh, that's kind of what went on this week. Just a, a reminder of uh, got a quarantine. And then uh, shipping report is, I'm happy to say, 100% live arrival and still alive a couple days later, as far as has been reported. So great week for shipping. Everything seems to be doing just fine. Um, I did want to mention, if anyone is looking for bikers, I've got several. Um, there are lots of folks that were asking for them. That's not a fish I would usually get in. But there are lots of folks that had asked me uh, through emails over the last several months or, or more actually um, about bikers and so I was like well lots of people have asked I'll go ahead and try it so I got some saddled bikers in and haven't sold a single one of them <laughs> so if you're looking for bikers um, I've got some for sale I've got one that's up to about four inches now um, and several at two inches so anywhere from two to four inches two three four inches in that range I've got them so if that's a fish you're interested in I've got a lot of them and I'm a little worried because no one's bought any and I'm in the reason I don't usually get fish like that is 
they get big. And so I, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm like, well, I've got all these fish and now they're big. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't have done it, but I thought from what people were saying and asking for that a lot of people would want them. So anyway, if you're looking, I've got some. Um, if you're not, don't don't buy a biker just for just because. I mean, they're a real, real responsibility. They get about two feet. Um, this is the Endlicheri is the species. I think I'm saying that right. Polypterus Endlicheri. And two feet, maybe a little over two feet. And um, they're amazing, really cool fish, but they, they need a big tank and they are a real commitment. So um, let's see, I think that's it. So let's get to your questions and comments. And um, if you have one for me, again, if you type the at symbol in dance fish, it'll pop up. You can select it. That means it'll highlight for me so I can uh, see it and make sure I get to it. Oh, the last thing is I did want to just thank my customers. Um, I've worked a lot of places and uh, including places that sold fish online or, or brick and mortar stores and things like that. And I don't know what it is, but my group of customers is amazing. You all are no drama. Uh, generally, occasionally there's drama, but generally there's no drama and uh, there's good communication. And I just really enjoy dealing with all you folks. So thank you so much for being the kind of customer that's a pleasure to work with. I appreciate that. Dan Slee, speaking of an awesome customer, saying, hey, yeah, uh, Dan's fishing all the way. Hey, Dan, I hope those pygmy quarries are doing well for you. The, the few I have left here are still doing great. So I'm supposing everything's going well. Janice, hello. Nevia, hello to you. Thanks for saying hi, everybody. Mickey M, can I enter the giveaway? Oh, yes. Thanks for reminding me. If I win, give it to someone in the U.S. Candy overhauls, Kayla's Aquatic. Sure, of course. If, if you're not in the United States and you win the giveaway, you can, of course, seed it to someone else. That's not a problem. Speaking of the giveaway, I totally forgot. I'm giving away a uh, Dragon Scale Placat Beta today. Um, the Beta on the thumbnail for this live stream event is one of the actual bettas that I could send you if you like it. Uh, that's more of a yellow one. I've also got some that are kind of more like pure white if you prefer. So to win a beta, if you would like to enter that, hashtag dragon scale, 10 exclamation points. No, I'm, I'm kidding, no exclamation points. Um, I saw the chat afterwards last week's live stream where I had like exclamation points in the hashtag and they were like, Oh boy, this is going to be fun. So <laughs> I learned my lesson. No exclamation points today. <laughs> and sorry about that mods. I didn't even realize when I put that together that that would be something that would throw people. Hmm. All right. Dragon Lair, save me a trio, please, of the blue eyes. Um, so I will, I don't generally save fish because that turns into like this whole, how do you keep track of everything and, and preferential treatment and stuff. So I don't really do that. But I will tell you, they came in on Tuesday. So if all goes well, they will be listed for sale on, not the fourth, but the, the 12th, on the 12th of May. So if that's a fish you're really interested in, um, 
Mark your calendar for the 12th of May. That's when I'll list them. You can also send me an email, dan at dansfish.com, and say, I'm really interested in those. I'll put you on the fish wish list. And I, um, once a week or so, check that list and make sure that uh, I tell people on that list when stuff's available that they're looking for. So you could do that. That would be a great way to make that happen. But it's, it's really hard to reserve and pre-sell and stuff. And then I get in a problem where it's like, oh, I reserved. And then, and then a batch crashes or doesn't do well or takes six months to get healthy instead of two weeks, stuff like that. So I just don't do that. But um, Dragon Lair, I'm glad you like them. They are pretty awesome. Jeff Chambers, wait, Ivan Safai, you say? Yep, Ivan Safai. Sudamugil, Ivan Safai. Um, for those just joining, was able to get some of these in. This is the second batch um, that all have received from the same supplier. The first batch did amazing. Uh, several people that I sold them to are breeding them and raising them. So um, I was confident that another batch from this supplier would do well, and so far they are. I've only had them for, I got them yesterday. So, um, you know, you never know for sure, but they appear to be doing just as well as the previous batch. All right, scrolling. The Zen Ginger, Longfin Pandas, are they already on Get Gills? Nope, got them Tuesday. Um, they are doing well, though. Um, so I, I'm, I think they're going to do just fine. They, they're eating, they're active, they, there don't appear to be any problems. Okay. Gary's Aquatics. Hey, buddy, how's it going tonight? Doing well. Um, rushed. I don't know what it is about the last uh, several weeks or so, but it just it feels like there's a lot more to do. <laughs> I think it's just because everything takes a little longer and everything's just a little harder when it comes to acquiring fish and and all that just it's it just takes a little more effort and so uh I, I i have felt today like a little crunched for time just i had so much on my to-do list uh that I, it was going to be impossible to get to all of it but for those that have been waiting i was able to finish the black worm video today so um that video is rendered and is ready to upload to YouTube. I just couldn't do it because I didn't want to be uploading the video to YouTube while I was live streaming because that would be bad bandwidth issue. So um, there is uh, a video coming out probably tomorrow. A lot of people have been asking for it and waiting for it on how I culture blackworms. So um, I, I don't tend to buy blackworms. I grow my own. So I'll show you how to do that on that video. Um, let's see. Did I miss Salem Aquatics? I missed your super chat. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for throwing down five bucks. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. And it's kind of odd because I don't see it's showing up. Look at this. This is so weird. So it's showing up down here. I see Salem Aquarium. Sorry, not Salem Aquatics. Salem Aquarium $5, right? After Bob Kaler's super chat. Here's Kaler's super chat. I'm scrolling to try to find Salem Aquarium Super Chat so I can respond to it, and I can't find it anywhere. Oh, wait, there it is. Not as weird as I thought. Salem Aquarium, five bucks. Hello, Mr. Dan. Hello, Mr. Salem. I know I can just check, but do you have some anchor catfish? Gotcha. Or do you usually 
but not now because of the shipping fiasco. So I like Anchor Catfish. I don't have any right now, and I don't usually have them simply because um, I can't find the right batch at the right price point. I, I can get them almost every week, but the price point is too high. So I would have to charge you guys much more than competitors sell them for. And I'm okay charging more for fish because I think I put in the extra work and the extra time to get you healthy fish, but I'm not okay doing it past a certain point. Like at some point it just gets ridiculous. And that's the case right now. Um, I don't, I don't know where other people are getting theirs from, but they're getting them at a price point that they're able to sell them much, much cheaper than I could. So I haven't pulled the trigger on them. When I find the right batch at the right price, um, I'll definitely get them. And, and the other part of that is I think I have to order something like three, 400 of those. They're a very small fish. And so you have to order a pretty large quantity. And that's a lot of anchor catfish if I can't sell them at a good price point. I would just get stuck with them, basically. So I haven't got them, but I have my eye on them. I like the Hara quite a bit. If I remember right, that's Hara, the species name, or is that the genus? Yeah, that's the genus, Hara gerdoni or something like that. It's been a while since I've looked up the scientific name. But um, yeah, Kayla's Aquatic sounds awful. Oh, I, I think you're responding to a chat. You're not talking about the sound quality, are you, of the stream? If, if you are, let me know. <laughs> but I don't think you are. Someone else would have mentioned it. Evan Ryan, you might want to turn down your mic sensitivity slightly. Yes, actually, now that you mentioned that, I see that we're popping into the red there quite a bit. Thank you. Okay, hopefully that's better for you. Um, turning the gain down just a bit, a little bit more. All right, Evan, let me know if that's better or... Wait, it's still up there. Okay, there we go. Let me know if that's better or if that's a problem still. And thanks for bringing that to my attention. Let me just tweak. That was the wrong thing to tweak. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just disappeared on you verbally there. Okay, there we go. I think that's good right there. That looks about ideal. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Moonstone, tell us about any potential tank mates, please. Or will we need a new tank? Um, if you're asking about the saddled biker, Polypterus and the Cherry, uh, I think, um, they, you can keep them with lots of stuff as long as it's big. They don't bother anything that they can't eat. If they can eat it, it'll be gone. They'll eat it. But I've seen them, like Rachel O'Leary keeps hers with, uh, what, some, some gars, some other big fish. Um, so I've seen them kept with lots of other fish that are pretty big, not necessarily aggressive, but too big to be eaten. Uh, so anything like that, anything that's just big enough that it can't be eaten and that is not super aggressive. Uh, so it's not going to hurt the biker. I think you'll be fine. Now, that being said, I don't have a lot of experience mixing bikers with other species. I did take care of bikers long-term um, in the past, uh, like long for years, but they were in a tank by themselves, two uh, polypterous or not a pinnace, full-grown, big ones, beautiful ones. But I never tried mixing them. So I'm, I'm saying this just based on what I've seen watching tons of videos on YouTube and seeing how other people keep them. So that's Moonstone, my thoughts on that, but please understand that sans personal experience, just what I'm observing in other people's tanks. 
Taylor Foy, is there a way to tell if mouth breeding bettas are holding eggs? Yes, the buccal cavity will distend. So let me see if I can easily show you a difference here. Um, betta rubra. Okay. All right, this is a good example. This is a better rubra male not holding. Not obviously holding anyway. Okay, see how the the face is not distended? This is a holding male. You can see it pretty clearly. Same male. See how there's this little thing distending below? This is like the, uh, this would be the jawbone in a human right here, this line right here. And see how the buccal cavity is extending down underneath that? That means he's holding. So you look for that distension down below the normal jawline, I suppose you would call it. That's, uh, here's another look. See how this is just the jawline, nothing distending down below. Whereas this, you can see it distending below the jawline. That's the buccal cavity that they incubate in. Another way to tell is if you're looking head on, um, normally the, gill, the, the jawline, if you will, kind of the bottom of the gill plates and all that, or perculum, I suppose. That's not even that. Anyway, there's this line that comes in and there's this little strip of throat in between that you can see. When they're holding, that strip gets wide. So the, the jawline kind of opens up and the strip widens out. So that's, uh, I hope that's helpful. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best, ex uh, uh, just uh, with a little experience, you can tell real quick if they're holding or not, but hopefully that helps get you started. Rose Aquatics, hey Ro, good to see you. Hope you're doing well, Rochelle. Um, Ginger Graves, my horse face loaches are doing well. Oh, good, Ginger. I've been worried about that just because uh, mine are doing well and they eat like pigs. And they are slowly gaining weight, but they're such a slender species that, and so far, everyone that's got them is reporting the same, that they're doing fine. So I think they're good, but I don't know. They're just such a skinny species that I worry about them, I guess. They're such a slender shape, but I'm glad to hear that. Thanks for letting me know. I have been thinking about you and that fish and all the other people I've sent them to, wondering how they're doing. Um, and great news, by the way, it appears that every dragon puffer that was sent out is doing great. And everyone that gets them, I think, is liking them more than they thought they would. And that's the case with me, too. So far, I really like them. I do have two left. There is one listed um, at dancefish.com on Get Gills. If you're looking and you were worried because there weren't any more, I held one back. And I just did that in case there was a problem, in case someone got one and it didn't do well. I, I'd want to be able to resend to them. So I did hold one back. But now everyone's got them and everyone's been doing fine. So I, I get, went ahead and released it for sale. And the second one I have for sale is just he was the skinniest one. He's not emaciated. It doesn't look like he's a problem by any means. And he's eating like a pig. And he's very interactive with me for that species. Um, but I just want to give him a little while longer to stuff his face before I send him out. <laughs> There's one listed right now, and then the last one I will list uh, in a week or two, if all goes well, for those that have been wondering about that. 
Gary's Aquatics, I know the process, but if the only thing in your tank are red cherry shrimp, how do you end up with orange shrimp? Yes, I'm aware you don't do a lot of shrimp. Thanks, Dan. Um, wow. Well, I have kept a lot of cherry shrimp, usually just red cherries. I like the yellow too with the flame back or the bright yellow back. Um, I've kept lots of those. I've never seen oranges come out of the reds. So I don't know. Obviously, it's a uh, some kind of recessive gene that's manifesting, but I, I'm not enough of a geek to know what orange comes from. Like if there's Bloody Mary in there and those tend to orange or something like that, I, I can't help you any more than that, Gary. I wish I could, but I, I truly don't know. Moonstone throwing down $10. Moonstone, thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but um, I appreciate it. And I'm just glad to have you here, part of the community. Viola hops a lot. I'm so glad you're here. It's always an honor when you show up to these live streams. Glad you're back. Gary Duncan, I really want some of the electric blue Acara, please. All right, Gary, um, they will be available Tuesday of next week. So they've gone through their first week of quarantine. And honestly, if if you were a local customer that could pick them up and, and was like, I really want some, I would probably go ahead and sell them to you. Um, there's been no issue. They're fantastic. But I just... It's going to be another week before I'm willing to ship them. Honestly, they would probably do just fine, but I, I had to set the line somewhere. So I set it at two weeks. So I'm going to stick with it, but they will be ready Tuesday of next week, Gary. Um, so if you email me, Dan at dancefish.com and let me know you want some, I'll put you on the fish wish list. And um, if you don't see them when they go live on the website Tuesday, you'll get a reminder sometime next week. Cause I generally go over that once every week and the, the day varies depending on when, uh, when I find a moment, but yeah, that will be next Tuesday. Candy overholes posted my email up Dan at dancefish.com. Thank you, Candy, for letting folks know. <laughs> Jeff Chambers. I saw that your message was deleted and I was like, what, what did you do? <laughs> Nothing too onerous, nothing, nothing that is going to create a scandal, nothing newsworthy. Oh, well, <laughs> let's see here. I'm scrolling because chat jumped on me. So just give me half a moment here, folks. But now I don't know how to re. Yeah. Okay. I'm learning a little bit about how to manage chat here. Sorry. Zach Billings, how are the honey gouramis doing? So Zach, they, there were no deaths for about a week and a half. And then two days ago, a couple more went down. So it's going to be at least another month. Um, I'm sorry. I, I wish, I wish, I wish they were doing good, but they're not. Well, they're not doing horrible, but when, when I see that cycle of um, something that's slowly every now and then one passing on, um, I get kind of nervous because they look perfectly healthy. They're eating fine. They act perfectly healthy. But the chances are that if I do that and put them through the stress of shipping, they're not going to do well because something's going on there that hasn't been resolved yet. So my, my 
kind of general rule of thumb in those cases is it's got to be at least a month. Once I notice that pattern, it's got to be at least a month before there's completely issue free before I'll um, let any of those go. And then when I do, I'll usually just let a small group go, try them, see if they do well. Yeah, they're just not doing well. Or, I, okay, they, they appear to be doing perfect, but every now and then a couple go down. Mikey M, any tips on breeding Poro Panchax Burchardi? Bought from a friend. Oh, I have bred Lexothalmus earlier using low pH KH TDS. Mikey M, you're a lucky man. This is one of my bucket list fish. Um, and I know I've showed it before, but for those that aren't familiar with this fish, these they're so beautiful. And these pictures aren't really doing them justice. That's pretty good. That captures the iridescence in some of the, the uh, color on the fins in the, that, that dorsal fin that reminds me of like a pseudomugil in a way, just how they display, how they hold their fins so erect and swim around each other and stuff. Awesome fish. I have to tell you, um, Mickey, and that's one of my bucket list fish. I have never bred them. I do have a friend that kept them. And so I, I'm familiar with them. I've seen them in person and I've read a lot about them. I've never bred them personally, but those that have, it doesn't seem difficult at all. If you've already done Luxothalmus, I, it's pretty much the same care and everything from what I've read and from what people have told me. And I've talked to a lot of people about that fish because it's one of my favorites. It's what I'm looking for. So um, for years, for decades, I've been <laughs> talking to people about that fish. So it's the same process. As long as you've got a healthy group and they're settled in and they're eating well and they're all happy, um, then I think you're not going to have any issue raising them. But that's about all I can tell you, being that I've never done it myself, not that specific species. Like you, I've, I've done closely related species, um, but I, from everything that people tell me, the issue with the Poropanchax brichardi seems to be if people get them in and can't keep them alive, like if they get a bad batch or just don't know how to care for them. But it seems like if you get a nice healthy batch and if you got them from a friend that raised them, I'm sure they are, um, they seem, in, in that case, they seem to be hardy and, and fairly easy from what people report. Beastart, looking for a fish to put in an unheated pond. Previously had white clouds year round in pond. Looking to keep fish in a pond year round. Well, I don't know where you are exactly, but I would suggest something like a, a paradise fish. Um, they can take it fairly warm. They can take it pretty darn cold. So paradise fish are great for outdoor ponds. They, they don't need a ton of space. They're not like a rainbow fish or something that's going to be darting around back and forth. They're, they're okay with pond life. Something like that, I think, would be a, a good choice. Other things that could work well outdoor. Well, there's a lot of fish that can take the low temperatures, but most of those, like the bitterlings, like um, lots of fish coming out of China and things, but most of them are cyprinids that are very active. So they, they basically come from streams that have flowing water, clear water, lots of oxygen. So I'm not sure that a pond, which when I think of a pond, I think of something that's fairly stagnant, hopefully has like an air stone in it or something just for uh, surface agitation. But um, so I think things like paradise fish are great because 
they don't, they do fine in water that's, I'm going to say stagnant, but I don't mean stagnant, just not flowing like these other fish are used to. Other fish that are in a similar boat are like your Aphanius killifish. A lot of your native killifish in the United States can take a wide temperature uh, variation and don't need a ton of uh, moving water or anything. They're, they're just fine in little um, stagnant but not stagnant uh, pools and ponds and things. And they can take the temperature swing. So those are good. Variatus platys are another one that depending on where you live, where you're living might do well year round. Um, shrimp do great. I know you asked about fish, but I have kept crystal red shrimp out year round and they did fine. This was in Santa Barbara and the, the lows got in the low forties in Santa Barbara. And, and honestly, the colder the water, the brighter coloration they got, they seem to love it probably because of higher oxygen saturation. Um, but fiery black shiners are another one. If, if your pond has good flow, good water movement, then fiery black shiners are amazing. Um, crimson shiners are amazing. Um, there's a lot of options, but those are my thoughts. I, Paradise fish, I think, are underrated and should be talked about more when we think of ponds just because it seems to be like a natural thing for them to be in something like that. Chewy, oops, sorry, I meant for dance fish. Your audio is great, even better than some of the media outlets. Got a great hookup on the internet, no streaming issues. Touch wood, <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, this thing, this G-Track Pro, for anyone that's looking for it, let's see, is that, it's not in focus, is it? And I can't bring it far enough away, I don't think, to get it in focus. But it's a uh, Samsung G-Track Pro. It seems to do a fairly good job, so. Glad to hear that. Hey, Bentley Pasco, good to see you. Easy goer guy. Yes, that is, I like your life philosophy, easy goer. <laughs> the Zen Ginger, when Dan puts on lip balm, which I just did, I so badly want him to slip into Chappy Burt's B's voice. <laughs> is it just me? I did see a neat documentary on uh, Burt's B's. I know what you're talking about. Montana AIDS. What's your thought on Neolamprologus brichardi? Personally, I have about 50 fry at the moment. I love them. They're great. They're great. Neolamprologus brichardi, if you're looking at getting into rift lake cichlids, Tanganyikas, Tanganyikans specifically, um, the thing about them that's so nice is the same thing that I like about Multifasciatus. Uh, the, the little shelly is that they're they're colony spawners, so you can grow up several different generations, several different sizes all together without a problem. So I've always really liked Brichardi. Um, I think they're beautiful. They're great parents. Um, the only issue I think you have with Brichardi is that they're such great parents and so hardy and so easy to breed that they can be a little bit like convict cichlids in some cases. And what I mean by that is that there's areas that are just like inundated and don't need more. <laughs> but then there's other areas where they probably don't have them and you could sell them. But from, from a fishmonger standpoint, that's a fish that I think would be a little difficult to move just because they're one of the more common of the Tanganyika cichlids just because they do breed so well and they are such great parents and siblings. But as far as beautiful and fun to watch and observe in an aquarium in a big family group like that, that contains several generations, they're fantastic. They're, they're one of my favorites. 
I like fish like that. I, I also like convict cichlids, man. I, I love them. I just don't have them because there's no way I could move them, but it's another fish I really like. Salem Aquarium, no worries. Yeah, they are hard to find everywhere, really. Last time I got a couple, I had to drive up to Washington. That would be the anchor catfish, Hara Jardin. I don't remember the species name. But I'll keep trying. They are one that I would like because they're small and they're peaceful and I think they're cool. So they fit all my my requirements. They just, uh, I haven't been able to find any that work. Just one more fish with Josh. Wish I could chat more, but the, the lurk is on. <laughs> Spelled L-E-R-K. <laughs> it's like work, W-E-R-K. He's not lurking. He's lurking. Um, moving all the fish into permanent tanks in the fish room. Cool. Also sorting shrimp for days. I hear you, man. Awesome. I love me seeing a fish room come together. Congrats on your project. And lurking's always welcome. I am a massive lurker myself. Although sometimes I do lurk. Small Fry Aquatics. OMG, you're the master of understatement. Bikers don't just need a large tank. They need a lake. Um, yeah, I mean... 120 gallon, maybe, I think, maybe uh, 125, 120 gallons, something like that is a minimum. I mean, bigger would be better, but yeah. I'm trying to think of the size. I think we had two or not a pinnace in 125 gallon, if I remember right. And they did great. They, they loved it. They seemed to Absolutely love it. Zach Billings, the serpent, let me try that again. The serpent loaches are great after a week. Awesome, Zach. I'm so glad to hear it. Um, I was a little worried when I, I heard that there had been a couple bumps in ammonia and stuff uh, last week, but I'm glad everything settled out. I'm glad they're doing well, and I hope you like them as much as I do. I, They're a cool fish. They're just a cool fish. I did order another batch. Hopefully, it comes in next week because I am uh, getting fairly low on them. But, uh, yeah, they're one that I, I wouldn't mind keeping around always just because they're so freaking cool. I like them, too. True LTD, female mouth holding. African cichlids are very similar in look when they hold eggs in the mouths. Yes, to the mouth breeding bettas. You do not see that too often. Um, oh, do they artificially hatch mouth breeding betta eggs like Africans? Some do. Um, but normally I wouldn't say it's normal. The ones that are done are usually the, the larger, uh, species like Unimaculata and things like that. It's difficult to do just cause the bettas are a lot smaller, most of them. And so you we're, we've got, we're these big giants with these giant sausage fingers and we're so uncoordinated when you get down to that kind of little delicate level that, I don't do it just because I'm afraid of hurting them. Whereas an African cichlid, I have, I have no problem doing it. Um, so I don't think most people do strip them for their eggs. I know some do, but again, I think it's generally the, the larger species. And I think it's generally when they can't have success the natural way. I think the natural way is generally preferred. Can I say generally one more time? <laughs> generally. <laughs> Chewy LTD, thanks for the question. I need to wet my whistle. One moment. <laughs> Generally for days. 
Michael Wilson, the site for Chase's Fishes has been updated. New write-ups. Awesome. I will check it out. I haven't checked it out for a couple weeks, so I'll, I'll take a look-see. For those who don't know, chasesfishes.com, or it might be chasesfishes.net. Great resource. Um, if you're wanting to breed fish, there's a guy that's been breeding fish forever. He's bred hundreds and hundreds of species, and he writes up uh, information about every fish he breeds so others can know how to breed it and raise it as well. So, Michael Wilson, thank you for letting us know. Maria Z, all the gobies, loaches, and rainbows I got last week are doing great. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it, Maria. That makes me happy. Um, as far as I know, we're doing pretty well. There was that one uh, coolie loach that passed away for Killers Aquatics last week. But in the last three or four weeks, I think, if memory serves, that was the only ca only death. Um, there was one tetra last week that uh, the tail fin had some damage to it. But I'm pretty sure that tetra's healed up by now. So I think we're doing pretty well. Dexter's World. Hey, Dan. Hey. The electric blue jack Demsey you sold me is still alive and doing very well. Thanks again. Hey, you're welcome. And I'm so glad to hear that because that's one of those fish that you hear from everybody is super difficult, right? They're, they're temperamental, they're, they're hard to keep, they're delicate, all that stuff. And there's tons of theories about why that is. They're super inbred, they're not hardy, like normal Jack Dempsey's and all that. But it's like any other fish. Um, really, if, if you get a bad batch, sometimes there's absolutely nothing. Sorry, I'm messing with the camera. I'm not real happy with nah, something like that. Here, get my get my uh, toupee going here, my green toupee. There you go, Lumpy Dog. Um, sometimes you get a batch in and there's nothing you can do. And then other times you get a batch in and with a little care, it turns really hardy. And there's other times you get a batch in, it's just like they're rock solid, excuse me, from the beginning. And that's been my experience with electric blue jack Dempsey's, same as any other fish really. But I'm so glad to hear that they're doing well. Kaylee's Aquatics, a dance fish, can you sex them? I love a female. Um, are you asking about the dragon puffers, Bob? If you are, um, I do have Big Mama, and I would not be adverse to sending her. The, the reason I kept her is, A, she's not as colorful, which indicates to me she might be a female, and B, she's a little bigger than the other ones were. And so I was like, well, she's big. She'll be a little harder to ship and she's not as pretty. So I'll just hold on to her, but um, I don't have to, I could ship her. She's not like so big. She can't ship successfully. And I don't know for sure if she's female, but she looks different than the other ones I had. So she might be, I'm not really sure though. I, I don't know how to sex them with any certainty, but I could take a picture or um, a video or get on a live chat with you, Bob, like a, a hangout or something. And, show you her and see if, if you think she's female, if you're talking about the dragon puffers. Chattanooga Ed. Hey, Chattanooga. Good to see you, Ed. Um, $5, my dragon puffer is doing great, but I think she misses you. <laughs> well, I hope so. I miss her. Um, yeah, they're fun. They're more fun than, than you're led to believe when you research them online. Hey, is that HC Aqua? HC how are those headstanders doing that we talked about last week? I, if I remember right, it was last week that you had a group that were a little skinny and were asking about getting them to eat. Um, I don't know where you got them from. They, 
I don't think those came from me, did they? Um, anyway, I'm just curious if they're doing well, if, if that, if they're getting fatter or, or how you're doing with them. That's a species I've had. Uh, I've been through the ringer with that species. It took me a long time to figure them out. So I'm happy to help anyone else figure them out because <laughs> the challenge is real with those guys until you figure it out. Once you do, it's like, oh, they're easy. Like most fish, I suppose. Okay, I'm scrolling here because it jumped on me again. Where are we? There we go. Moonstone at Dance Fish. Red and yellow makes orange. Used to teach kindergarten. So, yeah. <laughs> it does with crayons. Not so much with genetics. You know, I still remember my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Snell. I remember her. Like... Like it was yesterday. Michael Winworth, thanks for the opportunity. Hey, you're welcome. Not a fancy betta guy myself, but I know people would love to have one from you. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. Hashtag no more professor. And hashtag three times equals world peace. Indeed it does. <laughs> and uh, Michael, it's been fun watching your fish room come together. I hope everything's doing well and you're raising lots of good stuff. Evan Ryan, hypothetically... Do you think a Placot Beta Splendens could breed with a half moon? Oh yeah, regular variety. I'm thinking maybe Placot female, half moon male might be doable. They'll absolutely breed. They're the same species. That's it's not a problem at all. So they will breed. Um, depending on what they carry, some might be Placots, some might be half moons. You might get a mix. Um, if the Placot carries the half moon gene and the long fin gene and vice versa. So yeah, they'll definitely breed. I, I don't see anything wrong with trying it. I'm not one of these purists that's like, hey, you have to keep all the better strains pure and show quality and, you know, IBC show quality and all that. I understand that, but I don't think most people show bettas. I think most people just want a pretty betta uh, as a pet because they're interactive and they're beautiful. Hardly anyone spawns them and raises them. So personally, I don't see a problem trying it. Um, I would suggest if you're going to breed bettas that they have large spawns. And if you're good at raising fish, you can get a whole lot of bettas real quick, more than you know what to do with. So generally, I would say just be aware of that and narrow down the amount you raise up to a, a manageable amount that you can actually move on. So just something to keep in the back of your mind. Not that I'm trying to lecture you or anything. It's just something I think of when I hear about people breeding bettas. Um, there's lots of bettas in the world, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's kind of like dogs. Um, do you go buy a, a purebred dog and breed dogs and, 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 and make more? Yes, you can do that. But unless you're trying to do something very specific, there's tons of dogs that need to be adopted. There's tons of dogs that need good homes already. I think that bettas are kind of in that same category. I think everyone deserves to breed a betta and raise a few. Um, it's an awesome experience and we should all do it, but we should just keep in mind that maybe we raised 10 or 20 and, and we can find enough responsible homes for that many, but you know, a couple hundred might be a different story. So, and I'm not talking even to you specifically, um, Evan, when I say that it's just in general, when I think of breeding bettas. Just one more fish with Josh for whoever asked the shrimp question. All right. The orange shrimp are closely related to the red Sakura and closer to red cherry. Very likely that if you separate them, you can start an orange line. Okay. 
So they come out of the red Sakura, perhaps. Good to know. Children's pythons are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dumerals. Ah, oh, yes. I love all those, all those little Australian species, blackheads, womas, children's, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, back to fish. Chewy LTD. What about the killifish species of Madagascar? Um, for outdoors? Are you asking because I was talking about killifish as being an option for outdoors? I'm not sure that the Madagascar species would do well in cool temperatures for talking about overwintering them. But they're amazing fish. They're very unique. Varanid guy. Any way to tell if bettas have that pesky marbling gene? I'm trying to think. I mean, most of them you see it on the fish when it's expressed in the phenotype. I mean, if it's not expressed in the phenotype and it's buried in the genome, then I, I'm not sure that there is a way. But to tell you the truth, I've never dealt with marbled bettas. I've bred and raised several bettas for fun, different kinds um, of splendens along with wild types, different fin types and colors and stuff because it, it was so fun to do. But marbles were something I never got into just because I – I like to be able to control outcomes and marbles are so highly variable that it's hard to control the outcome. That being said, I do have some really cool koi bettas right now. They'll be um, available for sale in about a week if all goes well. And my plan for that is I'll just make a video and show you all the different bettas. This is number one. This is number two. This is number three. And if there's any you like, you can get some. Uh, so I do have some marbles right now, which koi is a variant of marble, but I don't know that much about how they're expressed in things. I, I tried to get into it. It confused the heck out of me. So I was just like, uh, I'll move it to stuff I can control as far as breeding projects go. Mickey M, thanks for the answer. You're welcome. It's my dream fish too. Have a group of eight males and six females, all in perfect condition, already showing spawning behaviors and eating BBS. Wish I could send you some. I wish you could too. I think the trick with them is going to be just tiny food for the fry. But if you've raised Luxothalamus, you're probably already familiar with that. So Jeff Chambers, how quiet are the linear piston air pumps? I'm tempted to get one, but it'll, it'll be here in my office, fish room, 10 or so tanks, 10s, 20s, 40s, and a couple of 55s. The linear piston pumps that I've got from Gemco, they're not silent, but they're pretty darn close. It would be fine. Quieter than the buzzing of most PC towers, I would say. Or on par with the buzzing of most PC towers. Um, that's been my experience. I haven't used linear piston pumps from any other Saurus. So I don't know how other brands are, but the LPH series from Gemco has been amazing. Their diaphragm pumps from Gemco are, have been, were pretty darn quiet as well. If you have like a cupboard to put them in or something, um, it doesn't have to be soundproofed or insulated or anything, but if you have a little cupboard to put them in, I think you're going to be fine no matter what. And John at Gemco uh, can, can guide you through that as well. And I'm sure that if you work with him, he would tell you, look, if you try it and it's too noisy for your application, I'm sure that he would guarantee it. So you could probably return it. You could work something out. I, I can't speak for John, <laughs> but I, I don't think you'd be adverse to something like that. But in my experience, I don't even notice them. I, the bubbles from the filters are a lot louder 
than the pump, I guess. Let's put it that way. Dragon Lair, I used to raise paradise fish in styrofoam fish boxes. Yep, in the yard in summer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I kept them in like a, you get those big 55-gallon plastic drums that they uh, use. They used to ship like Pepsi syrup in them. And I cut them in half in, and put them in there out in the summer as a kid. They're great. And they can take it really cool, which is nice. Andrew Purr, can you use salt with Ickex to treat Ick on an Amazon puffer? Absolutely. And I think you should. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, five grams of salt per liter is what you're going to want to do. You'll need to weigh it out because everyone's table salt, a teaspoon of table salt weighs differently, a different amount than a teaspoon of, of rock salt, let's say. So weigh it out, but five grams per liter. Yeah, I've done that with lots of Amazon puffers. When I first received them, they almost always come in with ick from my suppliers. I wish I could find a better supplier for them. Um, and five, five grams of salt per liter and ick X or Mardell Quick Cure, um, same active ingredients, um, is what I use. And usually they cure up just fine with that. I haven't messed with temperature. I, I, I don't like crank it up to 85 degrees or any of that stuff. Just ickex and salt. Be aware, salt will take out all your plants and stuff. So if they're in a planted aquarium, that can be a problem because when the plants die, then you get a bunch of ammonia in the water and, and the balance goes off because the plants aren't consuming any ammonia or nitrites or anything. So just be aware of that. But if you don't have a planted tank, yeah, salt's fantastic. Ginger Graves pulled over and bought myself a dragon puffer. <laughs> Thanks, Ginger. <laughs> you know, when I first opened that box and pulled out the bag and saw that they'd sent me dragon puffers or humpback puffers or some kinds sometimes called instead of the little red eyes that I had ordered. I was pretty nervous because uh, they're they're bigger than what I planned on. And I was just like, oh, how are these going to do? Are people going to want them? I knew they were an ambush predator. And I looked at them before. So everything that I'd read online was like, oh, these aren't that great. They kind of sit there and don't move. They're not personable. They, you'll never see them. They'll hide in their cave all day, all that. But it hasn't been my experience at all. And it seems like everyone that's got them has really liked them. So it was kind of a happy accident, as Hitchcock would say. Um, a happy accident. That being said... I have thought maybe I could get some more, but I don't think I can because the economics don't make sense. Uh, I have to get a fairly large group of them normally, and each one needs its own aquarium. And so this is probably the last batch I'll get, um, even though it was accidental. It wasn't on purpose. Un unless, they, uh, unless they send me a whole bunch again without me actually ordering them, which could happen. Um, but I've been thinking about them. I'm like, should I get more? People seem to really like them. I really like them. I think that they're uh, a great fish, but I can't, I can't give a whole tank to one fish that's 45 bucks. It doesn't make sense for the business. But I'm glad you got one, and I hope you like it as much as everyone else is like theirs. New Mexico Aquatics. Any tips for my first two pairs of Fun Little Panchex Garden Rye from Little Bobby? Hey, Little Bobby. Um... The biggest tip I have for garden right is a lid, a tight fitting lid, because they will jump. And if you're like, yeah, I've got a lid, but I've got a little gap in the back for my hang on filter for the water to go in, it's going to jump. Like 
if there's a space, it'll jump. So that's my biggest thing with them. Apart from that, if you got them from a good source, they aren't like freshly imported and stressed out or anything like that. I think you're going to be fine. They're super hardy. They're beautiful. They're prolific. Um, they eat anything once they learn to eat flakes and pellets, which isn't hard to teach them. They'll, they, they're easy. They're an easy fish in my opinion. So not really. Um, if you have a specific question about them, I'd be more than happy to answer. But the main thing is um, tight fitting lid. And the other thing about killifish is sometimes I see them kept in, in tanks with a lot of water movement, like power filters and stuff really move in the water. They need quiet areas. Yeah, you need some water movement just so things don't get stagnant, but um, they don't want to be fighting current. They like still water or slow moving water. So that and a lid, and apart from that, I think you're going to be good. Gary Duncan, sorry, my mom called me. Did you say when the electric blue cars will be for sale? Yes, Tuesday of next week will be the two-week mark. And as long as nothing goes wrong, and I highly doubt it will, then um, that's when I'll list them for sale. Tuesday of next week. I just have a minimum quarantine period of two weeks before I ship. And that'll be the two-week period. True LTD, I do not like stripping eggs. It takes all the fun of watching the female cichlid look after the fry. Um... Is it the same with met? It is the same with the male bed. Yeah, of course. Of course. As a hobbyist, um, if you're just trying to enjoy your fish, then watching the females carry and all that is, is absolutely, it's, it's, it's neat to see all that. Um, it's just that I've worked on, you know, companies that needed production before. And so of course they stripped because you get more production that way. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you can in that uh, I think it's a much you're much less likely to harm a cichlid than you are a, a betta. So I don't, I, I just, I don't think I would strip a betta. If there was a species that I was really trying to breed and the male just kept swallowing the eggs and he had done that for six months and I was worried that he was getting old and he wouldn't be able to spawn anymore and I couldn't get them anymore from somewhere like they were super rare or endangered or something, then I might do it. Then I might attempt it. But I don't like my big, my big giant man sausage fingers on a tiny little delicate fish like that. It just doesn't seem like a good, it's like Hong Kong, Hong Kong, sorry, jeez, <laughs> like King Kong. I don't know why I said Hong Kong. It's like King Kong. Uh, playing with a toddler, right? Not a good idea. Especially when the toddler doesn't know what's going on and is like fighting for its life, thrashing around and stuff. Yeah, doesn't seem like a good combination. Skipper's Aquarium is five bucks. Hey, good to see you, Skipper's. Skipper is here. Have no fear. Oh, all right. My fear is gone now. <laughs> we can all relax. <laughs> good to see you. Glad you made it. Thanks for being here. Hope everything's going well with, I know you're getting prepped for a fish room. Very excited for you. Doing your part for world peace. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. Who do I see? Sakana Katana. Good to see you. My male guppy's tails keep ooh, getting ripped up. Is there a way to prevent this damage? Oh, that's not good. Um, well, I'm, I'm guessing I was going to say two things. There's a third thing that... The first thing is, is there another fish in the tank that's just a tail nipper? If there is, you kind of have to remove that fish or remove the guppies. But there are fish that will nip tails. Um, I've 
you know, you think of neon tetras as being a peaceful community fish and they are, but I've had them, some groups, some groups, not all of them. They were like, Ooh, that's a tail. And they would all just go like little tiny piranhas. Right. So if it's a fish that's doing it, you got to remove that fish or remove the guppies, uh, separate them somehow. If it could be a decoration, if you've got something in there with jagged edges, this is much less likely because fish aren't, fish don't intentionally damage themselves. But if you have like, say a piece of dead coral, like stag coral, that's just the dried bleached bone basically, and is really rough, something like that in there, those, those long fins are very delicate and can get caught on stuff and could get torn up that way. And then the last thing that, that occurred to me, those first two popped in my head immediately. The last thing is sometimes it's water quality. Um, if the water quality is not up to par, those fins take a lot of energy for the fish to maintain and live with, right? It's a lot less efficient swimming and living with the tail like that, just locomotion wise, but it also takes a lot more energy because you've added a whole bunch more cells to the animal by extending part of its body and all those cells need oxygen and need nutrients. And so the demands on a fish like a guppy, and I'm, I'm assuming these are male guppies with long tails and not a short tail variety. I'm making that assumption here. Um, they, they, there's a lot more demand there. If water quality is bad, if oxygenation is not as good, things like that, then that can affect those tails because it's already difficult for the fish to get enough oxygen and nutrients to the through all that extra tail. If there's not enough oxygen in the water, then maybe it gets a little necrotic on the far edge. Or um, if there's toxins in the water, you get some ammonia, it's just not clean somehow, that stress can affect how well the animal can maintain that extra load. So that's something else you, you could think of as well. That's the best I've got for you. There might be other things and it might not be any of those three things, but that's what pops in my head when I think of a, a fish, which I'm assuming has a big tail, like a guppy or a half moon bed or anything like that, that we've created a long tail on. Those are my, where my head goes. Moonstone throwing down five bucks. Thank you so much, Moonstone. Always appreciate it. Never required but it's super helpful. Oh, Henry King, I missed your super chat. I will get to it in a moment. Corporal Coop coming home from Korea, going to build racks and a fish room in the garage. Hoorah, loves to fish fam. Oh, that's, I'm so glad. It sounds like you got a family member returning um, after active duty or something like that. Um, I'm so glad to hear it. I hope the reunion is everything you dream it to be. Henry King, $2. Have you ever kept Vilifera Molly? Any tips on raising? Um, I think I have kept them in the past. I, I never really concentrated on, on breeding and raising them. The main thing I would say with that is, is hard water, hard alkaline water, and a lot of vegetable matter in the diet. But I don't have any direct experience, but I wouldn't imagine they're much more difficult. I think that's the same techniques that you would use to raise swordtails, for example, would probably work well with them. But I can't give you anything more specific, Henry, because I can't, I, if I did raise them, it was so long ago and I don't remember all the details. So I'm sorry about that. I wish I could give you something better. And I'm sorry I missed the super chat earlier. Thanks so much for that. It's always appreciated. 
man, the Zen Ginger. Here you go, Zen Ginger. In your head. Go ahead, do Bert's Bees. <laughs> okay. Oh, chat just jumped on me. We're 809. Not too bad. I know I'm never keeping up with chat, but I feel like I've got through quite a few questions. HC Aqua. Any updates on the Mellies? Lost a few more headstanders. Ooh, only got two left. And not sure if they're taking the Rapashi. No, not from you. Okay. I, I would have felt bad if I sent you some and they weren't eating well. Um, so HC Aqua, what you're describing um, is kind of what I experienced with the previous suppliers. I would get them in and they would appear fine, but they gradually kind of waste away and, and die off on me. And I had trouble getting them to eat too. So my, what I suspect is they probably were coming in with some kind of internal parasite. And I would do the prosy and the Metro and the Flubendazole and the Levamisole and all that. And I would do the uh, Canamycin and the Nitrofurazone and tried everything. And, and I could never, I could never get them to do well. I think, I think out of three batches, so we're, t <laughs> Ugh. I hate to even say this because it's, it's so unpleasant, but let's just say that I, I, I had one that did well long-term and a couple that I sent to Dave, did I send them to you, Jay, Dave, to someone that wanted them, but understood that, you know, they were a bit of a struggle and all that. And, and so maybe, maybe six or seven have done well for me from those previous suppliers uh, long-term. Um, so I, I, I understand the battle you're fighting is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to commiserate with you and say, yeah, I get it. So, um, hopefully the two do well. Um, but in my experience with that species is every supplier I've tried in the past, I've not been able to get them to live. Uh, finally got them from a different supplier and they're tough as nails and seem to be doing, well, they're not quite tough as nails. Um, but they're doing really well. The first time I ever shipped them out, there were a couple losses, but that, so I, you know, gave them a little longer, changed some things. And, and now everyone's getting them and having good, good success with them. In my batch has been rock solid from the beginning in my tank. So yeah, I, I understand the battle. Michael Winworth, new stuff is in the mail. I need to tidy up and then I'll post some updates on the Get Gills Facebook page. Awesome. I can't wait to see it. It's, it's neat to see your fish room come together. Matt Callie, Dan, are most of the fish you import able to eat scuds? Yes. I wanted to give them a try, but concerned most fish can't eat them. And if they eat eggs of fish. So Matt, you'll get different reports on the egg thing. I will tell you, I've never had a problem with them eating eggs. I'm not saying that they don't, but there's been plenty of times when I've moved plants to the scud tank for algae cleaning. And then a couple weeks later, saw a bunch of fry in the tanks. So obviously they were coming in on the plants as eggs and, uh, and doing well. But they're also tougher egg species like killifish and rice fish and stuff like that. So uh, kerosens and... Uh, um, what else? Tetras and barbs and stuff that 
have those tiny eggs that aren't super tough that hatch. And there's the stage where it's just a yolk sac with a little wiggling tail that can't really swim yet. They're wrigglers and all that. Those might be different. Scuds might attack those a lot. I don't know. So I'm not so sure um, about the, I, I think it depends on the species you're breeding as far as if they'll eat eggs or fry. I haven't had a problem, but it doesn't mean that they don't. But yes, almost all the fish that I bring in eat scuds without a problem. The scuds that I have are, I think I'm going to say about a quarter inch at the biggest, maybe a little less. And if the fish don't eat them at that size, and almost all of them can, but if they don't, they'll eat the babies for sure. And one thing to be aware of is if you have gravel and a planted tank and wood and stuff like that, if, if it's not a bare tank, then once you put the scuds in, they're going to be there forever. Um, enough will hide in the gravel and stuff that there'll be a small population in there all the time. So if you don't want that, don't get them. Although HC Aqua was able to um, wipe out scud problems using, um, what was it, Dimelin? Dimelin X, um, but he had to do it at like, what was it, four or five times the normal concentration? So I guess there is a way to do it, but um, I like scuds a lot, but just be aware, once you get them, you got them. Rose Aquatics, I'm going to have peacock gudgeons on get gills. Awesome, go for it. Then I won't, then I won't worry about that. I was, I've been out for, or low for a while, and I was thinking that I need to bring some more in, but um, go for it. You do it. Then I don't have to do that. That would be awesome. Just one more fish with Josh throwing down five bucks for making me lose count of red sakura shrimp. <laughs> Somewhere in the 450-ish, paying for an extra 20 minutes of show while I count. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you're aware uh, how can I show this there is a program called image J that is fantastic and helps with counting quite a bit um, let me see if I can okay let me just I think this is worth showing let me just do this real quick. I'm going to bring up this program and show uh, folks how it works. Let me see. File, open. Okay. Here you go. So let me show you something here. Let me show you how to count fish or shrimp, other things like that. Let me just get this. Um, and thanks to whoever turned me on to this program. I don't know, I don't remember who it was, but it's been a game changer. So here's what I do. This little program right here is called Image J. I just said open or opened it up here and clicked open and imported this file. This is a bunch of pea puffers that I got in recently. Um, this is the bag of pea puffers and I, I put them in this bucket. This is a white bucket. I open the bag, I put them in the bucket, I snap a picture, then I put them in the tank. That's how I do things. And the reason I snap that picture is so I can do this. 
I can click this little doodad here and go like this. And it keeps count for me. So I can just click on each little fish. What are we at? We're at eight there. And I can count how many pea puffers the wholesaler actually sent me. Because often they'll charge me for like, I don't know, 200 and I'll count them and I'll be like, yeah, there's like 99 in there, right? So this program is a great way. If you can take a picture of whatever you're trying to count, fish or shrimp or whatever, it's free, this program. And it's a great way to count. We're at 36 now and I'm not going to do the rest, but um, that's the way I can count fish and shrimp and things without being without losing count because it keeps count for me. And then once I click the last one, it, it tells me where I'm at. So I don't have to remember. So Josh, I don't know if that'll be helpful or not, but anyone trying to count critters, if you can take a picture, uh, it's, uh, it's helpful. <laughs> it works, works much better for me than trying to count a bunch of live critters. Okay, Matt Kelly. Oh, I already got that one. Uh, could Madagascar killifish be kept in Florida and Hawaii over the winter in New Mexico? Chewy, I would say so. I would think so. I think the problem there would be keeping them from getting too hot, perhaps, but usually shade and there's other ways to do that. So I would say so. TM Aquatics, hi, Dan. Check your email after the stream or when time allows. Breeding is pleasure. All right, I'll do that, Tom. Thanks for reaching out. Moonstone, could they live in a pond? Uh, Moonstone, I forgot what we were talking about. Terry's Tropical Tanks, can we do a fundraiser for Gemco to hire a web designer? <laughs> they know. They know. And, uh, yeah, they know. I, <laughs> I hear you. Yes, Gemco.com has a horrible website. Okay, cool. The thing is, and I get it, however, their products are so good and their knowledge is so superior that um, of how their products work is so superior that I still put up with that horrible website. Hey, Petsotics, good to see you. Deuce Not Maverick, good to see you too. Now, there's one super chat down there that I can't see. I'm hoping I get to it and I can think, there it is. Is it Moonstone? Nope. It's a couple after Moonstone. Hang on, I gotta do this. I, I don't like the idea of, oh, it won't let me. Hopefully I can get down there and thank that person. I see that there's one there, but I can't see who it's from. It, it actually won't let me. Oh, there it is. Wyoming Adventures, $2. My loach is good, ready for some uh, horse face loaches, says Sheila. All right, you know where I am. And I've got a bunch of them, and they're doing amazing. So come on up. <laughs> okay, hang on. I'm scrolling up. See where I left off. Okay. Okay, caught up. Skippers Aquariums, remember if you have a question, make sure to type at Dan's Fish. So it highlights for me. Yes, indeed. That's very helpful. So Kana Katana, I have just... I just have my Moscow guppies with rice, fish, and peacock gudgeons with only cholo wood as hardscape. My parameters, pH, yeah, ammonia zero, and I, okay, temp 77. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't think rice, fish, or gudgeons are going to be the, an issue. 
I mean, you have jerks in every species, I suppose. You could have a weirdo, but um, you would see that with observation. I don't know. Um, I go to water quality, I guess, is the third option, but it's probably not that either. Um, I mean, your parameters look good. I'm not sure. I wish I could help you, but I don't have any idea. What's that? <laughs> just one more fish with Josh. I was trying to just give you five bucks, but you wouldn't earned it <laughs> with that advice. Here is five dollars as a gift. Please don't earn it. I'm not rich like Bob. <laughs> oh, I love it. You're welcome, Josh. I'm glad that was helpful. It's been a lifesaver. And I mean, I'm just paying it forward. Someone brought that to my attention and it's been super helpful. Kids Aquatics, $4.99. Let me know. It's 822. Oh, wrong one. Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> oh, Rocky. All right. That's what I think of whenever I see muscles. <laughs> um, Dragon's Lair. I need to send you some chicken poop lip balm. I don't know if I should be scared or tantalized. <laughs> Skippers Aquariums, how are the electric blues doing since there was no bit of them in the tank? They're doing fantastic. They're doing great. No problems whatsoever. And again, next Tuesday, they should be ready to go. It'll be the two-week mark next Tuesday, unless I've just completely lost track of time and it's actually been two weeks, but I think it's only been one week. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Sheila, I'm relieved to hear that your loach is good. I, I know that the cichlid I sold you beat it up, and I feel really bad about that. And people are going, of course it did, you idiot, Dan, but these are bandit cichlids. I've never seen them harm anything. Uh, Guiana cara, they're like geophagus in a way, like like uh, thread finicaris, things like that. So I was real surprised. Otter Creek Aquatics, can I add to this giveaway, or should I wait until next week? Go for it, Otter Creek. What do you want to give away? Let me know. And I love it when people do that. Thanks, folks. It's always cool when someone's like, hey, I want to get in on this, and they add to the giveaway. Just makes it more fun. That's what it's for. So, yeah. The Santa Nali. How do you keep track of which ones you already counted with the program? Like, does it leave a mark? I usually use a picture and mark as I count. It counts for you. So, it's, so it says, each time you click, it says one. Then the next time you click, it says two, three, four, five. So it actually counts. It doesn't just leave a mark it counts. Each mark is a number. So that's why I really like it. It, it maybe it didn't show up on that example, but because it's like yellow and it's kind of yellow water. So maybe it didn't show up on the image I was sharing. Sorry about that. But it doesn't just mark. It, it leaves a one or a two or a three respective to the count. Petsotics, that is good for easy inventory keeping. Yeah, it's super helpful. I mean, I've done my share of trying to count live swimming wiggling things and it wasn't until i don't know it's only been a year or two maybe since i've known about that trick the program's made to count like blood cells and stuff if you have a slide and you're trying to count i don't know a bacteria or how many red blood cells are in this sample things like that that's what it's for but it works great for fish and things too oh my nose Matt Kelly, Dan, I noticed you have types of quarantine med treatment for new fish. One is with tetracycline. Ooh, 
and the other with canamycin nitro. Which one do you use now? What about gram-positive bacteria? So um, tetracycline I used to use early on because it's super cheap and available, but um, and I had trouble finding other things here in Wyoming. There's not a lot available. So I could get tetracycline at the local like ranch supply store for use in sheep and chickens and stuff. I don't know if they use it in sheep, but swine, chickens, things like that. The problem with tetracycline is that when it exp- most medicines, when they expire, they just lose effectiveness. Tetracycline, when it expires, it actually becomes toxic. And I didn't find that it was useful for most things I was treating. So that's why I switched to nitrofurazone and canamycin. I just ended up making a deal with a, a manufacturer and buying it from them. Um, it's the only way I could afford it with the large operation. So that's why I switched to that. If for gram positive bacteria, I uh, usually my go-to is erythromycin. And if that doesn't work, then I'll try like a triple sulfa or something like that. Tetra, I haven't used tetracycline in a long, long time. If I did, it would be probably one of the last resorts just because I don't find it to work nearly as well as the other medicines. So that must have been an old video when I was using tetracycline. Or maybe I was just showing my arsenal. I do have tetracycline on hand. Um, there's a lot of medicines I have on hand that I have just in case, but I hardly ever use. Moonstone will check with me later because chat is flowing. All right, sounds good. Four minutes. Sakana Katana, I appreciate your feedback. You're welcome. I just wish I could help you more. I mean, I gave you my best. Mike Stambaugh, do you ever get any Empire Gudgeons? And yes, I love them. And I have a great supplier from them. Um, I loved them. They were super hardy. And as far as I know, I don't think I'm misspeaking here. If I am, correct me. Um, but I think everyone that got them from me had good success with them too. And it's been a few batches. So I like this supplier. The problem is um, they're in Indonesia and Indonesia is not open right now. There are no flights. So as soon as I find another batch of Empire Gudgeons available, I will get them. I will bring them in. But with the world how it is, I don't know when that will be. And they're not always available. They're sporadically available. But every time they are available, I get them. I mean, unless I already have a ton. Lumpy Dog, if not enough female guppies, the male guppies will pick out and harass each other. That can cause shredded tails in my experience. All right. Jeff, thank you. I appreciate it. So um, that's something, Sakana Katana, that I hadn't thought about. Uh, it could be male aggression. So some observation, and you could see if that's the case or not. Thanks. I, I think that's a good suggestion. Otter Creek Aquatics, two pair of my wild Venezuelan enters. Endlers, sorry. So Otter Creek Aquatics is going to add to the giveaway two pairs of his wild Venezuelan endlers. So we'll do two drawings at the end, one for Otter Creek for those and one for me for the beta. Um, to enter the giveaway, just hashtag, what was it? Dragon Scale. And you'll be entered. And we're going to do that in just a moment. So thanks, Otter Creek. Um, if you do win Otter Creek, send an email to me and I will send an email introducing you folks so you can figure out shipping and all that. So either way, send an email to Dan at Dan's Fish if you win my giveaway or Otter Creek's giveaway. And if it's Otter Creek's giveaway, I'll, uh, I'll facilitate the connection. <laughs> all right. With that, 
I think we're going to go ahead and do this giveaway. So um, I want to make sure I didn't, I don't think I missed anyone's super chat. Just let me look because it always, I know it amazes me when people just send money while I'm live streaming um, and I'm grateful for it. And so I don't want to take it for granted. Okay. I think, I think I got them all. Great. Thanks Candy for listing the email. So let's do this giveaway. Let me close some extra windows here. And I know the way this works is there is some delay in the stream that I can't change this. That's how email has it set. I have it set to the minimum delay possible, but Nightbot doesn't have a delay. So you'll see the winner before in like chat before it appears in the live stream screen. So it's just a, a weird quirk. So we have 152. Oh, just I'm curious. 243 viewers. Not bad. Not bad at all. Thanks for being here, everybody. 152 eligible. Hashtag dragon scale. The first drawing will be for the beta that I'm giving away. Um, so here, <laughs> Moonstone, we don't care. Go to the giveaway. <laughs> my, my. Um, <laughs> so here we go. This is for the beta. And the winner is Risa Real. Risa, if you would let us know within the next minute that you're here, then you will have won the giveaway. And then send an email, dan at dancefish.com. By midnight tonight would be great with your first and last name and your mailing address. And I will send that beta to you on Monday. Risa Real is here. All right. Congrats, Risa. In the email, would you let me know if you want that kind of yellowish mail that's in the um, thumbnail or if you'd prefer a, a more pure white mail? And I will get you that. Gina French, you're awesome. Keep up the good work, she says, with a $5 bill. Thanks, Gina. You're awesome, too. I appreciate you here, and I appreciate you as a customer. Thanks so much. Now, this next giveaway is going to be from Otter Creek. Thank you so much, Kendall. I appreciate it. Um, for two of his Venezuelan endlers. And the winner of those is... Sharon Miller, Sharon, you have won. In the next 60 seconds, would you respond? And would you like respond, since we just threw this drawing in, we just added this giveaway, would you just in your response indicate, yes, I want them or no, so that yeah, I know you weren't planning on it and we tacked it on at the end. So if you don't want it, let us know. I don't know why you wouldn't. Kendall's stuff is amazing. But if you don't, let us know so we can draw someone else. Petsonics, two bucks. Your voice is activating Corona on my laptop. Oh, Cortana. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Now YouTube's going to like just take this video off. Oh, Cortana. Sorry. I I mean, I, I hear Corona all day long like we all do. Your video, your voice is activating Cortana on my laptop. Okay. Cortana, please order a pizza. Cortana, please call my mother. Cortana, tell my mother I love her. <laughs> so Sharon Miller has won. Congrats. All right, Sharon Miller, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com, and I will hook you up with Otter Creek so you can collect your winnings. Uh, Kendall, thanks so much for adding to the uh, giveaway. That was pretty awesome. Um, 
with that, we're going to shut it down. Thank you to my mods. Lots of love. I appreciate you all. Um, hope to meet all of you in person someday. Man, I'd love to like one day Dance Fish takes off and I can like bring you all in for an annual party or something just to say thanks. Um, but thank you to my mods. I really appreciate you. Everyone that gave a super chat, thanks. Always appreciate it. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. And everyone that left questions and comments, awesome. It helps this, It helps so much to have stuff to answer and talk about that I don't have to come up with. So I appreciate that. Um, all you lurkers, I'm with you, Lurker Nation. Everyone watching the replay, totally glad that you're here. Until next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 9 Eastern six Pacific and eight everywhere else. Um, I'll see you and I hope you have a good one. Bye-bye.